Hey gang, welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. I'll keep it short and sweet because I'm rooted after a massive day of shooting. Thought you all wanted to know that. Guys, we are sitting down with Jade and Paul Hammeister today. Well, I've already sat down with them, but you're about to. Uh, Paul is an absolute legend. He's a mentor of the one Bill Kerr. He's got to the top, so he's summited the seven summits of the world, obviously including K2, which is insanely dangerous, and Mount Everest. We, uh, we spoke to Paul. We also spoke to his daughter, Jade. 14. She's a, she's a, uh, a schoolgirl, obviously, and she's um, the youngest girl in the world, youngest person in the world, excuse me, to, uh, to reach the, the North Pole. Um, and she's actually setting herself up to become the youngest person in the world to reach the Polar Hattrick, which is amazing and something you'll find out more about as you listen to the show. Really, really interesting and inspiring people this, um, just to speak to. It was incredible. I want you guys to, to really have listened to, um, to just the way Jade talks and how, how humble she is yet how, um, how, how early this, this sort of mental toughness thing has come on about. It's, it's actually quite amazing. Um, as always, guys, we are looking for more sponsors to jump on board ADVF Radio. Um, we are today sponsored by Audible. So jump onto audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio to get a free one credit book. I'm still reading that Stephen Hawkins book. It's really good, guys. Um, Really good bang for your buck there. ADVF travel. We're going to the Philippines in November. We're going to be having a sesh with Mr. Dimitri Klokov, the world champion weightlifter. He's going to be running a seminar and uh, and jumping on board the, uh, the, the trip there. So that'll be good. Alrighty, guys, without further ado, I introduce you to Paul and Jade Hammerster. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Okay, here we are, sitting with Jade Hammeister and her father, Paul. I've got Tommy to my right, as usual. Mac is absent today. But before we swing to, uh, to the guys, Tommy's going to start us off, as usual, with Tommy's tribute. Alrighty, welcome aboard, guys. Um, so I've done a cover of Stairway to Heaven, which is a classic, uh, classic tune, obviously, by, um, by the great man Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Obviously, it's a joke. <laughs> uh, so, uh, this is Stairway to Stardom. All right, we'll see how we go. Yeah. Oh, it's very sensual. There's a man whose name is Paul, and he seems relatively tall. And he's been to the top of Everest He was up there for 30 mins 
I would have been drinking tins. Cause you know a summit beer is the best thing. And he's climbing the stairway to success. There's a lady named Jade, and she's genuinely made it to the North Pole. She makes me look like a mole. <laughs> she wants to cross Greenland, and for that, I'll give her a hand. Ah, pituitary gland. <laughs> And she's climbing the stairway to success. Welcome aboard. Oh, special. <laughs> special. <laughs> Done. The man has talent. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. All my lyrics as well. Uh, you'll have to explain that gland to me. Yeah, the pituitary yeah. gland. <laughs> It's the only thing I can find that ro- hand gland, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds dodgy. I think sand, that's it. Yeah. Sand. There's a lot of there's a lot of words around. Sand man. Pituitary gland was the best one. Pituitary gland is it was the most in context one, I think. Maybe don't ask your science teacher this afternoon. So um so we've got Paul and Jade here. Um these two just came back from the North Pole. Um let's um let's first, Paul, we'll just quickly touch on your background so Paul you have um, climbed the seven summits of the world and you've done a bit of adventuring yourself correct correct and you have taken Jade with you Jade uh, how did this all come about let's go let's go into a little bit of background as Paul you've done a lot of uh, adventuring all around the world Jade I'll ask you where did the um, where did the where did the want to adventure come from um, I think most of it came from our family I think dad being quite adventurous has had an influence on me mm-hmm. um polar adventures as, su- as such kind of came from a trip we did to Everest base camp yep um and we Was met that some with adventure with travel www.adventuretravel.com <laughs> oh no it wasn't no it wasn't no you're right sorry, sorry. go on continue <laughs> plug anywhere man. <laughs> sorry go on. um yeah and we met some pretty cool people one of those people called Villa um and she'd done the South Pole solo and I think she was kind of the one who inspired me to start thinking about my own polar journey mm-hmm. and then that's kind of where polar journeys for me came from okay yeah a little side note there I mean Jade was 12 and my son was 10 when they went to Everest Base Camp so Jeez, if, if any of your listeners are wondering whether they're up to an Everest Base Camp trek yeah there's your answer <sighs> well that's yeah. funny because we had it on the other side of the scale um on our first trip 18 months ago we had um, we had a six year old gentleman that came along and he really excelled. He was as good yeah. as any. And he um he actually emailed me and asked what the age limit was because his son gave handed him the brochure and I emailed him back and said, Oh, how old's how old's your son? Let's um let's discuss this and he said, It's not for my bloody son, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sixty years old. So yeah, Everest can definitely be done um, both ends of the spectrum there. So that's an amazing effort. So um so Jade, tell us you've just come back from the center of the North Pole. So mm-hmm. you were fourteen. You've turned fifteen now. No. No, you're still fourteen. Yeah. So you're fourteen. So that was last month. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about it. Where did um, where did that specific idea come from? And uh, yeah, go a little bit into the into the journey. Um, 
Well, the original plan for us was to do the South Pole. Yep. And then we realised that you had to be 16 to do the South Pole. Really? Why yeah. is that? Um, I think it's just the difference in logistics, like the South Pole and the North Pole, they're a bit different. Yep. Mm. The real reason is the South, the logistics in the South Pole is controlled by one company, okay. uh, which includes uh, representatives from Australia and the US, and they're a bit more responsible uh, in terms of the age that they're prepared to right. support ah, okay, doing yep. that trip, whereas uh, the North Pole is controlled by the Russians. Very good. <laughs> That's all you need to say, it? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> you pay that okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So so it was supposed to be the South Pole, but yeah. um, you decided to go to the North Pole. So that was um, that was 11 days. And how did... Um, how did... Let's take us through some of the moments um, when you landed or, or what's the process of getting to the, to the North Pole first? Yeah, um, so we flew from Melbourne to Dubai and then from Dubai to Oslo in Norway and then from there to an island, well, a little island in Norway called Svalbard. Yep. Um, and we stayed at a town called Longyearbyen in Svalbard and then from there, I think we had an... Was it eight-day delay? Mm. We had an eight-day delay, delay there because the runway kept cracking. That's insane. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we eventually flew out onto Something the you ice. Don't hear every every, uh, every no. day, the runway's cracking. Yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. is the runway that the Russians build at a temporary station each year within, <gasps> in, just inside the last degree. Right. So they build it on the floating sea ice. Yep. Um, and uh, so they they basically fly a Hercules each year over and around the North Pole, looking for a really good piece of sea ice yep. to build a runway on. Then 30 guys jump out the back of the plane in parachutes, push two tractors out the back with parachutes, build this temporary runway, and at the end of the season, they basically abandon it, and the tractors and everything sinks. sinks <laughs> so there's like the 100 ocean. runways out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, pretty, 100 uh, tractors at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Pretty hardcore. Yeah. Right, so you have wow. an eight-day eight day delay in Norway, and yeah. then, so how do they judge that the sea ice is stable enough to, to fly out and land onto? I think that it's clear. Like okay. there's obviously no cracks. Okay, so the, so who makes that decision? You're just waiting for the the, the right Russians, uh, yeah. the right information. Yeah. The Russians I mean, can. Look, when when a crack opens on the runway, you know it's a crack. Like it's a meter wide of of water because yep. you're on floating sea ice, right? Yep. So the land the plane can't. Land so on it. so in saying that, so there's obviously a lot of training. We'll go into this. Obviously a lot of training that came um, came about before you went over for this expedition. Was there a chance when you were in Norway that? Is there a window that you that you're um, that you're fighting against here, or was there a chance that you were like, oh wow, we might not be able to get over there, or or was it pretty safe? What's the window like? Um, well, we did have to shorten our trip because in early May the sea ice starts to melt. Yep. And then you we we had a chance of not finishing our trip, so the Russians might have come and pick us up when we weren't finished. Right. So we shortened our trip from the last two degrees um, to our starting point being eighty eight forty. Okay. So it was like 220 kilometres down to 150 kilometres. Right. Okay. So we were planning on averaging about 11 k's a day uh, to do the 220, uh, but we decided to try and average about 15 k's a day over 11 days yep. to still do a really serious trip and yep. um, allow Jade the opportunity to be the youngest person to have done any trip from outside the last degree. But gotcha. we, we had a, there was a rumour going around the Russians were going to end the season on the 24th. And if you haven't reached the pole on the 24th when they finish the season, they just pick you up in a helicopter wherever yep. you are, yep. fly to the pole to take some pictures, and then you're out. You're done. Gotcha. Okay. So it's kind of a race against time. Yeah. So just so the listeners know, if they haven't cottoned on already, 
Jade's officially the youngest person to have ever made it to uh, the North Pole. Do you know who the person before you was? Uh, like the youngest person yeah. before me. Well, there's, I think there was a group of 13 and 14 year olds. The year, was it the year before me? Norwegian, yeah, they did a shorter distance. Yeah, and they did, yeah. A younger kid has flown to the North Pole and stood at the North Pole. It's right. kind of... A little, little it, baby it, in a helicopter. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird... <laughs> th- it's not like the South Pole where you can... You ski from the coast of Antarctica to the pole or you yep. ski the last degree. The North Pole, because it's just... There is no land there. Yep. You actually can arbitrarily decide your own starting point. But mm. the, f- okay. the furthest point that you that we could start that year and still have Russian air support was as far out as we started. Right. To, to have started any further out would have meant that we potentially were without air support if something had gone wrong. Which is really, really... Which would have been... It's not good. Really <laughs> irresponsible yeah. parenting. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so, okay, so what about, um, what about starting from the 150-kilometre mark? How do you actually make your way across land? Because not many people are very familiar with the terrain of the North Pole. Um, so... As in, with all your, um, your, you've obviously got your sleeping material, you've obviously got food, you've got everything that, how much are you carrying and what's the logistics behind setting up your sleeping, uh, your, your, your tents and your preparations for food and stuff? How does that all work? Um, so the whole time we were on skis pulling sleds, yep. my sled weighed about 50 kilograms, yours... About 70. 70, yeah. Yep. Um, setting up tents at night we would have to do that quite quickly because you don't like once you stop you get really cold yeah for sure and then i'd get in the tent and set up the stove and start lighting the stove and then dad would be outside digging snow to melt more irresponsible parenting (laughs) 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 open flame fuel bottles (laughs) unsupervised small small area (laughs) zipped up tent (laughs) yeah jade's like hi husband (laughs) (laughs) is that that irresponsible or (laughs) (laughs) um so so you got 50, uh, 50 and 70 um, kilograms. Just come back to something you said before. Yeah. Whilst we travelled 150 kilometres as the crow flies, we probably ended up covering about 200 kilometres yeah. because there's a whole range of factors that make travelling in that environment unique. Yeah. One is the you're drifting on the ocean currents and we had a strong easterly drift in, in the currents. So we were constantly being pulled off course right. every day and while, wow. while we slept in the tent. Wow. Uh, the, the floating sea ice cracks and opens up open water leads, so you've got to cross open water. So you try and find a way around that, and if you can't, then you've got to strap the sleds together to make a raft. Someone puts an immersion suit on, jumps in the water, swims across, and then brings the other people across on <laughs> the sleds. Wow. And, or there's, and we counted this quite a bit because the sea ice was quite thin. The sea ice collides, creates a big compression zone of rubble. Mm-hmm. As sometimes as high as a three-story building. Really? And you've, then you've got to take your skis off, climb over it, and then help each other to actually drag the sleds over the top. Jeez. So it's very slow going. So did you have to do any of those water crosses where you had to get the emergency suit on? Yep. Yeah? Yep. And yep. If you, we did one. We did one. And if you fall in, what do you have to do? If you fall in? If you fall in the water, what do you have to do? Like in an emergency suit or just No, if you fall in off the raft that you've made, what were you told to do? I don't know. Scream. Did we Swim or roll around, roll around in, on, the in the snow because the salt water uh, doesn't dry. Uh, and so if you really? roll around on the snow, the, salt, the snow absorbs Turns the salt water. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, and then if, you don't, if you don't have enough gear, then you've just got to get moving and try and right. wow. warm up again. This sounds, um, this sounds all too much for me. Sounds pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'll go. <laughs> so what was the um? So Jade, like, what were, were there any any really dicey moments through there? Um. Anything not go to plan? I don't think so. What was the diciest moments for you? You had one at least once a day. Going to the toilet. <laughs> that was pretty hard. I could imagine. Yeah. I could imagine. So how yeah. did that all? That, how did that all work? You just have to get behind the tent and let her go do her thing. No, we like. Well, during the day, I'd find a spot and then freeze my butt off and my <laughs> hands off. <laughs> I got I got frost nip on my bum. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. At night, we had pee bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And you have to take your. This is this is not the track I wanted to go down. <laughs> Bill, you have Bill, to, just for everyone at home, Bill was just he couldn't stop saying enough how serious the show was going to be after the uh, the serenade. <laughs> just gone straight into the toilet. But it, I mean, look, it, it, it kind of reinforces how difficult these expeditions are no, that's for right. women relative to men because they have so many additional issues they've got to got to manage. And, Absolutely. You know, trying to trying to undo a bunch of zips to take a pee in mittens. Mm. And then to expose that much flesh in, yeah. in minus 30 conditions oh. is an incredibly uh, dangerous thing to do. But you kind of inevitably have to. And as a bloke, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you feel that, that freeze instantly when you had to do that? Yeah. It just instantly comes on and, yeah. wow, that's amazing. God. Yeah. What was, it, what was the worst part? Was it the, the wind? Yeah, that yeah, was the blowing wind. On it? Yeah. 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 Wow. So what are the temperatures like? So it's minus thirty. As the temperatures get colder with the wind chill factor, how does it? Is there any days that are just howling that were just really, really cold and hard to get through? Um, I think we had a couple of quite windy days. I think we were good. We were. Um, we had really good weather towards the start, mm-hmm. and I think the coldest we got was minus thirty. Yeah, she's understating it. We had one day of complete suffering. I don't, yeah. you know, she's just a tough kid. Yeah. Like what's I was, I was suffering. What's complete suffering look like? Just aching and agony in your hands yep. the whole day from cold. And how do you keep your hands? What's the most? Because obviously your hands and your toes are the first things that are going to go. Do you have any um, any glove warmers and toe warmers and mitten? Like how do you keep your hands warm so that you don't lose them in these conditions? Um, I don't think we didn't use hand warmers and toe warmers, and when. I remember coming back from a pee one day and my hands were like frozen and dad got out the toe warmer. They took like 45 minutes to actually work. So after I'd stopped for a break, I'd put, take my thumbs from inside the mitts and like hold them like that Mm -hmm. so that they're all like skin to skin contact and down. Yep. Yeah. And that would warm up. Skin on skin is the best strategy, Mm. which, which means you don't want to be wearing gloves. You wear an inner mitten liner with outer mittens and it means you can actually wrap the ski strap around your wrist of the mitten and actually drag your fingers yep. inside the mitten and put yep. skin on skin okay. and just drag the the yep. ski pole make a fist yeah okay mm-hmm. that's that's really interesting so um so what kind of what motivated you day to day throughout the journey um jade obviously it's probably 11 days it doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're in sub-zero temperatures in the middle of the North Pole, dragging 50 kilometres of um, 50 kilometers of uh, baggage behind you, 11 days is going to... Uh, for me, it sounds like it's, it's going to be mentally tough. Mm-hmm. What did you do to motivate yourself day to day? Are you pretty self-driven? What were the, Was there anything that got really hard mentally? Um, I think sometimes I would think... 
about what I was doing then and just try and get like lost in the moment. Mm. Other times I'd think about like a hot bath at home. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that we'd worked like that hard to get there, you didn't really want to give up. Yeah. So there was never, was there any moments where it was, where that was going through your head or, or it was pretty, you were pretty solidified? Um, I think I had a couple of really tough moments, but I think that kept coming back to me. Like I'd worked that hard to get there. I didn't want For it. sure. Yeah. And what, what was it that brought those tough moments on? Um, the cold. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to have this. Toilet break here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing to have such a that mental toughness at such a young age. Do you have any idea where this has come from, or sort of how you've sort of developed the mindset you have now? Um, I've definitely learnt a lot of lessons from Dad, Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of how I've grown mentally. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's an unusual unique personality type that loves CrossFit, right? Mm. And kind of a lot of your listeners are kind of from that community and Jade just, you know, is obsessed with CrossFit and because she lo- likes to suffer, mm. you know, and it, I, I just think you're born, you're born that way. I don't think you can teach people to be that way. Yep. Um, uh, and, you know, you think about people that are good at life, at the game of life, they're generally people who are pretty good at suffering. Yep, and they're definitely. you know good at being comfortable, being uncomfortable. That's good right. At, good at Absolutely. Up. Yeah. Yep. That's a really good skill to have, and that's why that's one of the beautiful things about CrossFit is it gives you a regular opportunity just to be comfortable. Yep. Being uncomfortable. Did yeah. you uh, listen to our last episode by any chance? No. I think we quoted the quoting ex- you on that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite Tom Hearn here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you 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 are spot on. Yeah. I totally agree with yeah. you. Yep. Totally agree. So what about what about the the final day? How does how did it feel? on the final day when you finally reach, is there, what is the point of the furthest point of the North Pole look like? Is there a flag? Is there a street sign? Is there a barbell? (laughs) (laughs) What is there? What is there at the the end? There's nothing. There's nothing? Because the sea ice keeps moving. Oh, of course. So it's just off the GPS? Is that how you work it out? Yeah. Oh, wow. So what did that feel like that last last day, um, waking up knowing that you're going to get there or or you're hoping that you're going to make it there? And then when you actually step foot and you you figure out you've made it, what did that kind of all feel like? Um, well, it was definitely a good feeling knowing that we actually got there. But I was I was quite sad, like mm. un, unusually sad. I didn't think I was going to be sad. Um, yeah, like and I was sweet. like symphony. A week after it, I was missing it like a lot. Yeah. I wanted to be mm. back there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose we'll go into the next part of what we'll go into. Um, in in a moment is um, what you've got coming up next, obviously. But I suppose you're always going to get that if you put so much mental uh, mental energy and so much love and so much blood, sweat, and tears into something, and then you finally reach that point. Then there's definitely there's definitely I think a little bit of bittersweet um, bittersweet feelings there. So that's interesting. Um, I think what we'll do now we'll just throw over to Tommy. Tommy's got the good, the bad, and the science. I think it uh, I think it. Probably try and make it a quickish run. Sure. So the good, the bad, Yep. Cool. Cool. All righty. So guys, the good, bad, and science is just um, sort of three articles that I find um, relatively interesting <laughs> through uh, <laughs> through uh, through the week, and um, I like to have a bit of a chat about them. Uh, so something cool, um, something not so cool, and then something really ridiculously sciencey. Um, so the first one it was entitled Melbourne Met Your New Train Station, and it comes with a new feature never before seen. So they're they're making a new uh, train station. Uh, it's in Parkville, so the Parkville Metro train station. 
And uh, part of it, it's got um, some screen doors which separate commuters from trains. I'm sure you would have seen that over in, I think they have them in China and all this sort of stuff. Um, a uh, quoting Mr. Andrews, it's a great, it's great for safety and climate control. So for noise, which I think is bizarre to throw in there, but he's clearly throwing in there. Uh, is it overkill or a great addition to the future of train stations? What do you reckon? Jay, let's go right to you now. You're looking at me like this is the most boring thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so uh, I'll get you done first and then we'll move on. Uh. I, I, before you respond, ironically, Jade's mother won't let her travel on public transport, but oh, will right. let her ski to the North Pole. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Why <going>. is that? <laughs> she was too famous now. For yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jade, Jade, can I have an autograph? <laughs> We heard you on episode 20. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Can you give me... Without one number? listener. <laughs> Sorry, Jane. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think it sounds interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great answer. You Moving on. Don't have to give, you don't have to give me you don't anything. Have to give that's me what most any. Yeah. yeah, they give me nothing because I pick the worst articles ever. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's shocking, that's isn't pretty it? Bad what do you got? What do you got? What's the bad? Okay, so the bad. Women can legally be forced to wear high heels at work in British workplaces. An actress claims to have found when she was sent home for wearing flat shoes. Nicola Thorpe, who has appeared in Doctor Who, um, was told to wear two to four inch uh, heels when she arrived for her first day as a receptionist at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh, Price um, she was employed as a temporary worker by an agency, which told her that she had to follow its female grooming policy. Now, this is another one. Is it overkill or a fair policy? Because I, I sort of read and I was like, oh, that's just ridiculous. But then at the same time, you know, sort of guys have uh, policies with wearing suit and ties and all this sort of stuff. Uh, anyone can answer first? <laughs> Shall I move on? <laughs> Jane. I think it's a bit overkill. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty ridiculous. I, yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Wearing it was bad for you. Yeah, it's so bad for you. Yeah. We were talking about it the other night. Where does that custom come from? Yeah. Like, what is the purpose of that? That'll heel? be one of the things in a hundred years yep. that people look back on and go, "How's what they used to do in the yeah. 1900s and the t- and, and early 2000s? Well, I mean, it's become a fashion statement, yes. but I presume its origin was some lady said, "How do I make myself taller? Or make my legs and look make longer. my shoe look good? Yeah. yeah. The, I assume the primary purpose is to make yeah. And taller. Yeah, yeah you know. I would say so. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And if it's based on a, f- a fashion thing, then it shouldn't become a policy. Yeah. There was this. There was a couple of hundred years ago where it was really fashionable for Chinese women to wear really, really tiny little shoes. Yeah, and their they, toes up. Yeah, yeah, and they'd have to every day they'd have to crush their shoes and break their toes and stuff and fit them into a shoe. So, I mean, maybe that's a bit fairer than a high heel, but uh, <laughs> definitely a joke there. <laughs> what do you got for science, man? Alrighty, for the science. A French jet ski champion has set a new world record for the longest hoverboard flight, far surpassing the previous record. Frank Zapata flew a hoverboard uh, 2,252 metres from a height of 50 metres, according to Guinness World Records. Now, we've all, I'm assuming, seen Back to the Future. Jay, have you seen Back to the Future? Hmm, parts, yep. parts yeah. of it. Number two. Number two. Seen it? Yep. 17 minutes in. Have you seen the hoverboard part? <laughs> 749, thanks, Bill. <laughs> have you seen the hoverboard part? I think so. Cool, cool. Uh, do you guys think that hoverboards will become the new skateboards of 2030 or 2050 or what other machines or futuristic cars and things would you like to see come to uh, fruition? What do you think? <laughs> I feel like I'm just talking to you the whole time here. We've got two <laughs> other guys here. Bill, what do you reckon first? Um, yeah, I've been waiting for hoverboards since I saw Back to the Future 2. They were mm. due out to be uh, released this year or last year and we didn't get them. Yep. So um, we didn't get real, right. real hoverboards. Right. Yeah. yeah, Christopher Christopher Lloyd, the actor from Back to the Future. Um, did anyone see that that um, promotional thing he did with Tony Hawk, where they made a big um, big? I did say big that video, yeah. and they said yeah. that they'd finally made the hoverboard. Yeah, I 
I, I was d- betrayed. <laughs> betrayed, <laughs> betrayed by Tony Hawk and Christopher Lloyd, two of my personal favorite, friends. Yeah, personal <laughs> friends. So, um, yep, yeah, I'd like to see a hoverboard in the future. Yep. Paul? Um, that was it. Yeah, it's coming. Yep. Yeah, electric cars, you know. Yep. You got some inside Driver, info there, dri- Paul? Driverless cars. Driverless cars. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff that's coming. So I, think all, I think that'll all be that'll all be around much more uh, much oh. more rapidly than yeah you think about you know the vision of those Star Wars cities where yes. there's multiple layers of you know these hover ve- flying vehicles yeah it's got to happen oh, well, what about the hover vehicle so cool. what about the the the, um, the the air car or the, the you mean the the plane passenger plane <laughs> passenger plane <laughs> the <laughs> air about, car what about yeah. when it stalls <laughs> or breaks down yeah oh, you just car on your head while you're walking down the street yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> It's happened again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, so um, that's all you got, Tommy? That is all I have, my friend. Good gee, job. Gee, that's a good segment. That's quality. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I'm sensing something there. Look, the it's guitar, great that the guitar thing was good. As... Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it, it, wasn't it, one of, it wasn't one of the better ones. <laughs> so, um, so, Jade, uh, what's next for you? So you said that you've, you're a little upset and uh, bittersweet when you finished this adventure. So I know that you've got a couple of things planned. What are your uh, what are your goals moving forward from here? Um, so the next trip is to cross Greenland. Yep. Uh, in April next year, and that trip is five hundred and forty kilometers over thirty days. Wow. And then the trip after that to complete the polar hat trick is the South Pole, and that's one thousand one hundred and seventy kilometers over two months. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> okay, and then so having completed the um. Polar, what was it called? The Polar, polar hat trick. Yeah. So, having completed the Polar hat trick, you'll be, I assume, you're going for the youngest, uh, youngest to do the first two, and then all three, you'll be the f- the youngest person ever to do the Polar hat trick, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And how many people do we know? Do we know how many people, Paul? Do you know how many people have done the Polar hat trick? Is there stats uh, and figures on that, or? Uh, not official, but un- unofficially, you know, it's it's, you know, twenty people. Really. Somewhere around that number, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I looked, I mean, uh, Nat Geo have commissioned and are producing a documentary on the trip Jade's just done and probably on the next two trips and I, and I think they're researching all that stuff for the for the doco. That'll be released in August. This year's trip. Globally, yeah. 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 Cool. So, did you ever, how did you go about getting the content for that? Go Getting the content for it? Yeah, the, the filming and the, and the, did you film uh, on site when you did the... the yeah, trip? so uh, before we left, we uh, entered a co-production agreement with a production house. They d- yep. did the deal with Nat Geo. They then uh, commissioned a world-class, if not the man in the world, to come along on the trip, a Norwegian called Petter Nyquist, who right. was Prince Harry's cameraman when Prince Harry did South Pole and Everest with the Wounded Warriors. So he was the oh, fourth mm-hmm. member of the team and wow. he basically spent the whole time shooting footage and in, in, Jade's, in Jade's face at her worst moments, you know, how That's you're feeling. Amazing. Um, I can't wait to see that. That'll be yeah. good. Mm. Yeah. So <clears throat> what do you have to do then, Jade? I mean, you obviously went through a fair bit of training for this trip um, previously. Do you have to really up the ante? When do you go into training for the April 2017 trip? Are you training currently or always training year-round? What do you have to do to get yourself ready for um, Greenland, for example? Um, well, we're just easing, slowly easing back into it right now. Um, but I assume we will have the, like, s- around the same training program. And then I think hopefully I'll become a bit stronger than I was before North Pole. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jade's programming is written by uh, a guy called Lee Gant, who's one of the owners and directors at GW Performance yep. Yep. in South Yarra. Uh, so Lee wrote all the programming for the last year for Jade. And the next phase is all about strength and putting muscle mass on, as yep. it was the first phase last year. And then as we get closer to the trip, it'll be about just doing the easy bit, which is putting that layer of endurance yes. on the top. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so what is, a, what is a couple of days of your programming look like? When you're trying to get the endurance space up, Jade, so in a couple of months' time when you go off the strength program, what's mm-hmm. it, what type of stuff are you doing? Um, well, we'll still be doing CrossFit like three times a week mm-hmm. and then tire pulling either on the beaches or in the backyard. Yep. Like at a couple of hour sessions. Um, wow. Jeez. And then... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of it. Be- before the North Pole, we had a couple of sessions at the Melbourne Altitude Training Room as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. What about diet? So I've heard that um, I'm not too um, great with um, all this travel sort of stuff, but I'm getting there. <laughs> but um, when you're going up for a trip or you know, you're going to Everest or all this sort of stuff, a lot of people try to put on a lot of weight or a lot of fat before they do that so they can burn it off as they, as they go. Is diet a big, a big factor with all this sort of thing? Good question. Um, we haven't, we haven't been on a diet. We've just been trying to eat like clean foods. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, trying to put on a bit of weight before we go. Yep. So donuts, pizzas, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite cheat meal? If you want to call uh, it a cheat meal, I call it an every meal. <laughs> I, I enjoy caramel slice. Ah, good. Yeah, that, yeah. That's Bill's favorite, isn't it? Nah, custard donut. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> cool. What about you, Paul? Uh... Ice cream, ice cream. Yeah, salted yep. caramel. Ooh, oh, salted caramel. Yeah. Really good. Boy. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, uh, <laughs> Mr. Frenchy, <laughs> as a uh, as a family, we eat very clean. Yes. Yeah. So you know, food that generally is pretty close to its source, but we eat a lot of it. And Jade, you know, I guess as an atypical teenager, doesn't really watch what she eats. Mm. She eats as much as she can to, yep. f- to fuel what she needs to do. Cool. Um, and and put on that functional muscle mass so she can actually, you know have a body that can do what it needs to do as opposed mm. to look in a particular way god it's amazing that you're doing all this at such a young age i'm just starting to get into it now at the ripe old age of 98 <laughs> it's just it's, it's awesome I'm, yeah i'm really inspired really inspired hey um just before we move on to, to we want to talk more about that touching on that inspirational piece but with so with the um the antarctic trip it's 60 days but is that something paul that you would actually have to put on weight for or do you only try and bulk up and put on weight due to the altitude when you're doing something like a 65-day um, mm. Everest trip? Uh, yes, I mean, uh, Everest, I lost 12 kilograms. Yeah. So, you know, I went from 78 to 66, which wasn't pretty. Um, yeah. I lost five on the trip we just did, but Jade hardly lost anything. Okay. But I lost weight. You lost a couple, didn't you, at the most? What, this trip? Yeah. No, I put on like 0.3. Yeah, okay, there you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I lost weight because I... Like boss. Eating too much ice. <laughs> yeah. I had a bit of other stuff going on, as we talked about. But, I mean... South Pole 60 days, you know, you are, you, basically we'll be carrying slabs of butter that we're putting in every meal and, you know, trying to go yeah, with a high right. calorie, yeah, high yeah. fat kind of diet just to maintain the, the weight. And what, are the, what does the rest of the diet look like? Like, what are your meals, what do your meals look like day to day? Um, we were eating dehydrated packeted food for dinner. Yep. Breakfast, we had like the, a porridge mix with... Uncle Toby's oats, a custom mix, pecan nuts, protein powder, coconut. Yeah, was really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. Yeah, 
Um, and then for lunch, we had like a day pack with muesli bars, block of chocolate, biscuits, salami. Fro- it was all frozen. Rock yeah, hard. Yeah. Get me on this diet. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a bolt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you could, you could become the second youngest. <laughs> and as soon as we got in the tent, we smashed a packet of Pringles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. So, um, we've only got a, a few minutes left before you got to get back and do some schoolwork, Jay, do you, or an exam mm. today? Is that what you, is that going on or am I no, making that up? No, I missed that. For Adventure Fit Radio, that important is good. <laughs> um, good stuff. So, Jade, so you, you're, um, you're pretty passionate about um, kind of changing the mindset in young girls and young women. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I have a big problem with, um, with Instagram and the, the whole the way that Instagram's changing the world. A lot of people, for one, can work or earn a lot of money without having given anything to society by being good and hashtagging a protein shaker next to a big pair of fake boobs. Mm. But the other thing is, it's just I think it's very unhealthy for body image, um, body image issues as well. So is that something that you're trying to... I've, I've read a little bit in the bio and spoke to, spoke to your, your dad about... Um, you're trying to change women's perspective on uh, rather than trying to achieve some certain type of look, trying to achieve a goal and, and, uh, and something to work towards and better themselves as a, as a human, really. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your passion there before we, um, before we get out of here? I think yeah. it's important. Um, I think I've always been interested in health and fitness and mm-hmm. I definitely am now. Um, and I think on top of the goal of completing the polar hat trick, I think for me a big goal is to inspire girls to become more healthy and more fit um to become like the best versions of themselves to help them achieve their goals Mm -hmm. and not goals that other people want them to achieve Mm. goals that are unique to themselves yeah so find something that you're passionate about and go out and try and do something good in that field yeah that's really good um all right should we hit up a a six from six tommy yes do you want to uh, kick us off doc yep all righty so um We'll, we'll get both of you guys involved in this one. So three questions from me and three questions from Tommy today. So my... Looking forward first. to Tommy's already. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not another serenade. <laughs> Could be if you want. My we'll first, talk after the show. My first question, uh, I'll start with you, Jade. So travel questions. Um, so your favourite destination on the planet that you've been to can be a small country, can be a, a, a country town, can be a small country, can be, it can be anywhere. <laughs> um... I would probably have to say lawn. 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 Wow. Yeah. Cool. I go there every Christmas. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hang on, just so where where have you been over the world? <laughs> <laughs> so you've been. <laughs> that is awesome. So lawn is really that good. I've never seen lawn. Up for lawn. Wow. Okay. So the pole, Dubai, <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> awesome. Um, what about you, Paul? Yeah, I'd say the same thing. <laughs> Look, it's really? a, I mean, we we have. What tra- if you couldn't say lawn? Uh. Well. It would be somewhere down the peninsula. It'd be somewhere with a beach uh, and a good longboard wave, and somewhere that was family friendly, where we could hang out as a crew. Cool, nice. And lawn, kind of. That's our place, you know. That's our that's our spiritual home as a family. Oh, that's good. Yeah, awesome. So, next question is um, dream destination. So, same could be anywhere, big, small. And it can't, There's be, a lot of hassling. It can't There's be the middle of <coughs> Greenland or the nah. South Pole. There's a lot yeah. of hassling at home <laughs> at the moment about wanting to go someplace in particular, which uh. I'm refusing to go to because Tell of us. 
Tell us. Where are we going? <laughs> let's get let's get everyone behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag get Jay to Eshu. No. <laughs> um, it's not happening. I, I would, yes, maybe. The See Bahamas. So, the Bahamas? Yes. Why? Wow. Why the Bahamas? Just because it's a beach. And you like Rastafarian because, men? Because you get to swim, you get to swim with piglets. No, and she I wants don't to swim with piglets. <laughs> swim with piglets. <laughs> what? Really? All right. Piglets as in small pigs? Yeah. Really? Are they so <laughs> Are we on the same? Are we yeah. On the same I think I've seen different really piglets. <laughs> interesting. Um, I don't want to swim with pigs. <laughs> Just the piglets. No, that was Kane's. Kane wanted to swim with pigs. Yeah, oh, bloody Kane. So what about the Bahamas there's a, then? There's a conspiracy what, what, what in it. What about house? the Bahamas? Um, I think it just looks visually appealing. Mm. It just looks like somewhere I would want to be. Tropical mm. paradise. Yeah. Mm. Cool. And you, Paul? Uh, there's a long list of places I'd like to. I like, I like to go places other people don't. Cool. Yep. Well, we've still got five minutes. Give us one. <laughs> uh, the heart of some of the deepest jungles on the planet would be pretty mm. cool. He's very vague, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's... He hasn't, he, hasn't got a, he hasn't got a pin on the board yet. <laughs> uh, Somewhere in the Amazon? Give us, give us... You're talking the Congo? If that was one of the hardest jungles to get to the middle of, yeah. What about the Darien Gap, Panama, Colombia? They reckon that's the roughest, uh, most dangerous jungle in the world. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Some pretty cool piglets in there. Darien yeah. Gap, they reckon it's... The, they reckon it's yeah, they reckon it's the the most uncharted territory. Yeah, the Ma- Mariana Trench, maybe. Yep. Mariana oh, Trench. the Mariana Trench. Yeah, yeah, cool. Sick. Cool. That's cool. All right, so um, it's going to have to be uh, quick fire, these ones. So uh, this next question for me is, um, so if you're on a desert island, you've got three things to um, keep you sane. So this is entertainment. You've got food and water and stuff like that. Um, there can't be people. What do you got to play with? Three things. It's a tough one. It's very yeah. tough. Very tough. Mm. Piglets, <laughs> bacon. Yeah. <laughs> now Paul's got bacon. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jade had the piglets. Sat phone, solar yeah. panel, so I can recharge it. Yeah, and then we've some. Had, uh, we've had a. We've had. We've had. Couple people have their phones. Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah, and then some other device for entertainment that I can charge off the Never solar panel. Kindle. Yeah. We've had, that yeah. One. we've had socks. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> Most people want in a, a ball. Desert. Sun, yeah. Sunscreen would be good in a desert. Sunscreen? Yeah. Yep. All right. Do you, do you have one, Jade? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's cool. Tommy, what do you got? Alrighty. Uh, Paul, do you have three? Do you nah. have your three? You got bacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't? Was that what you always had? Sat your actual three? No, I was just, oh, com- that was I was just yeah, comms yeah. and entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, biggest role model growing up, Jade. I'm actually... Do you have a role model? Um, Apart from your old man, of course. Yeah. You can say your dad, though. You can say your dad. You yep. You're going to get grounded if you don't. Don't say me. I think... The lady who I was talking about before, Villa... Mm-hmm. She's definitely one of my biggest inspirations. Villa was refreshes on Villa. Villa, um, yeah. she skied to the South Pole solo yes. adventurer. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And what's her What's her name? What's her name? One. It's like Vil Vilborg. Vilborg Anner Gusentiltotorter. Oh, okay, cool. So Icelandic. Icelandic, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And yep. she does CrossFit, and she was a guest trainer on the Biggest Loser in Iceland. Oh, really? Yeah. Very yeah, famous cool. lady in our well, country. Right. Yeah. That'll be fun for um, for Alvin to look up that name for yeah. the show notes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do it, Alvin. <laughs> She's a lovely lady. Um, what about Paul? Yes. Uh, look at a whole range of different levels. There are different people. 
business level, you know, Bob Mansfield was a great mentor of mine. Um, mm. Do you have any adventurers you've done a lot of, like, who are the guys you looked up to? And no, look, I mean, I, I mean, done? I kind of, I kind of hold a lot of the best adventure people in the world with a degree of kind of scepticism. A lot of them seem to, seem to be one-dimensional people. They're yeah. divorced, don't have family, unhappy. Yeah, ruin their lives to make. Basically, their yeah. whole self-esteem, self-worth is based on the adventures that they do, and they're yeah. into doing public speeches and websites and all that sort of writing books and all that sort of crap so that's mm-hmm. i wouldn't say they're role models but cool. pe- people who people who kind of have life sorted out which means they put kind of family yeah. at a, as a high priority they don't work their ass off the whole time they understand yep. that leisure is important you know travel is important working out what's important to them and living their life according to their own values beautiful they're kind of the people i respect the most for sure excellent right. uh best thing to do when you've got some downtime you guys both sound extremely busy, so I'm sure you like to do something when uh, you're not so busy. <laughs> um, I would probably, depending on how much time I have, maybe go to the beach, maybe watch a movie. Yep. Hang with friends. Spend some time on social media. <laughs> ah, very good. Very good. Yeah. Training. Training. Yep. That's not downtime. <laughs> Yeah, I would have said training if it wasn't downtime. Well, I mean, if it's something you enjoy, that's... That's yeah. how I switch off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Yeah. Some people use it as a meditation every now and then. And cool, final one. If there were three people dead or alive you could invite to dinner, who would they be and why? You guys can have a collective dinner party, so you can have uh, you can have like one and a half each. <laughs> you know, four, two each, two each. I reckon Nelson Mandela would be pretty cool. Yeah. We, have we had that before? Um, maybe. Might have. Nelson Mandela. Yeah. I can't remember. Mm. Paul? Um, go one. You go. One from you, Jade. One from you, Paul. Oh, I'm just inviting my uh, deceased grandparents. Oh, very good. How are they? <laughs> uh, it would be pretty cool to see him again. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So that, be the, we get that one. That'd be the dinner party I'd like to have. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Mm. You got one more, Jade. <laughs> um... What about um, Olaf, Olaf, Gilaf, Gilaf, Gudaf, Gudaf, Stoddard? The uh, famous protagonist from the Dr. Zeus character. Uh, <laughs> CrossFit heroes. Yeah, CrossFit hero. Kara, Annie. Lauren. Lauren Fisher. Yeah. She'd be a cool one. <laughs> hard, hard it's a very hard, hard one, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, Joe. There's this thing called dead air on the uh, on the radio. That we have to avoid, so <laughs> I'm going to try and like. Ah, uh, <laughs> what about <laughs> what about Leonardo DiCaprio? But when he was the age that he shot Titanic. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> he was a good-looking man. He was he a good-looking man. Good man. Jade's best friend wrote letters to her that she could open at a quarter way through the trip, halfway and three quarters. Right. And the quarter of the way trip was basically a page full of pictures of Leo from, <laughs> from that era, wasn't it? Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, he's good. I like it. <clears throat> cool. All right, guys. Well, um, we uh, we normally give the guests uh, a bit of an um, opportunity to sort of plug them. If there's any anything you want to mention or anything you want to give a shout out to or ways we can find you. You haven't got another question? Do you do three? No, there was three. Oh, yep. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep, how do they find you guys? Um, I have a website, mm-hmm. an Instagram and a Facebook. Yep. Yep. And they are? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not going to let you know. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook are just my name yep. and then my website's www.jadehamaster.com. 
And Hamaster is H-A-M. I said dot com. H-A-M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Beautiful. www.jadehameister.com. Dot com. Black Ops, social media. Can't find me anyway. No worries. Alrighty. Well, thanks a lot for coming, guys. Sorry cool. about the um, sorry about the good, the bad, and the science. I'm glad you liked the tribute. Today. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully the, tribute the rest was wasn't awesome. too bad. Oh, it's a shame it was only uh, you know two verses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll, I've got a bit more. I'll I'll see. I'll send you a recording. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Good stuff. That's a wrap. Hey gang, me again. The uh, the bone. The uh, the T bone. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm still half asleep. Uh, alrighty, guys. If you like our shite, which I really hope you do. That's S-H-I-T-E. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Adventure Fit Radio. That is how you will find us. Give us a review. If you hate us, do not give us a review, and please don't ever speak to us again. But uh, if you do like us, please get around. Um, Guys, the show notes can be found at adventurefittravel.com forward slash podcast. So follow the prompts there on our website. All the stuff we talk about, um, we, uh, we set up links on the show. Um, on our website so that's uh, nice and accessible and guys finally the best bang for your buck is to join our mailing list that's how you keep up to date with what myself bill and mac are doing and any trips that are coming up with adventure fit travel all righty gang we'll speak to you very 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 soon good boy <laughs>